This episode of the Pocket Now Weekly is brought to you by Ops Genie. If you've been listening for the past several episodes, you know by now that if you're running a business and problems arise, you need to have your devs and op teams ready. So why don't you already have Ops Genie? Because with Ops Genie, your next incident doesn't stand a chance. Maybe you need to try it, in which case you should visit OpsGenie.com to sign up for a free company account for up to five team members, no credit card required. Did you hear that? No credit card required. That's O-P-S-G-E-N-I-E.com. Never miss an alert again with Ops Genie from Atlassian. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our last show of 2018, episode 338 of the weekly, brought to you by Pocket Now and XDA developers, recorded on today, Friday, the 28th of December. Should acquaintance be forgot, we think it shouldn't. We should be making this a December to remember, and we're not talking about car ads. We're digging into the past 12 months of mobile tech milestones and checking up on where we are as we head into 2019. I'm Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? And as you can see, since this is a year-end celebration, we decided to break out some of the libations, as it were. Uh, we're using this as an excuse to day drink, because <laughs> it's the end of the year. And technically, this was my idea, but I have to admit, this is probably a bad idea, because for the rest of the guys, it's about 2 p.m. for all of you, right? For me, it's 1. Oh, it's 1. Okay, so at least it's after lunch for you. It's 11 a.m., so this is breakfast. I'll, have to s- <laughs> I'll see you guys at the AA meetings, okay? <laughs> no, for real. See, the Android Authority meetings? <laughs> <laughs> that too, but the alcoholic anonymous. <laughs> well, with that in mind, I, I I did have breakfast, so I'm not going to get too crazy on this. So it's fine. I had coffee, uh, but I am having a Macallan 12, a little mini bar edition. I wasn't going to bring a full bottle to my office. Um, I'm back in my office, by the way, after being home a number of times for the past few uh, episodes because I was sick. But I'm finally back in my office with a mini bottle of Macallan 12. Joining us for the moment is Jaime Rivera, who's drinking from a half-emptied bottle of what's called Glen Grant. Which I actually genuinely like, even if there's no year here. Cheers, everybody. Mm. All right. And Brandon Miniman is also on board. Um, (laughs) What are you drinking over there? Is it like Maker's 46 or something or what? Yeah, so Maker's Mark, which makes bourbon, came out with a, like a longer age more premium uh, product called makers 46 they only had it for like a year and i have no rocks here so i'm drinking it neat and let's just say <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to drink hard to drink bourbon neat not what he expected i, when he I, took that I, sip. I, I, I apologize for the rocks everybody this is latin america it is uh 95 degrees outside so i need mm-hmm. chill for any of our West Coast people, especially in Southern California, it is like 70 degrees outside, and um, the Santa Ana winds have come through, so you might hear some whistling in the background because it's really, really windy outside. Kind of came out of nowhere. And finally, in case you cared to wonder, our producer extraordinaire Jules Wong is in the booth today sipping a bright and crisp Bantam Wunderkind cider. Whatever that so, is. Greeting. <laughs> the cider. That's really all you need to know is a nice low cider. Very refreshing on uh, on Jules's part. And speaking of which, I, I uh, <laughs> like I said, I ate before this. So I'm going to be fine. It's not going to be a drunk cast. I just thought we should drink for our final episode of the year as we move into 2019. There's a lot to look forward to in 2019, but let's look back a little bit by going through stories each and every month and just sort of recount all of the stuff that happened in 2018, give a few of our reactions. Um, So we're going to start off with a rumor that started way back in January of this year that finally came to fruition (laughs) very, very recently, and it looks like it's going to be something going into 2019. The foldable smartphone. Um, If you remember 
that the uh, this this particular photo that we have inside of the story looks really awesome. That's not quite what we got <laughs> at the Samsung Developer Conference, but it's it's it, the foldable display, the foldable phone, as it were. Um, any reactions to? Samsung's rumors from January finally coming to fruition near the end of this year, but now we're probably going to see it. I, I think, I hope we're going to see it at CES in a couple, in like a week or so. The thing about it is they, we've been covering foldable rumors for four years, man. Four <laughs> yeah. years. Like that image, I think, is around four years old. Uh, oh. From a concept. The software. From a con- the software is from like the Galaxy S. Exactly. That's true. It's, it's from a concept, I just noticed that, yeah. And it's from a concept video that they came up with at some point, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm just, you know, I, it's not that I like what they came up with. I, I'm just glad we're done with it. Like, I'm glad that they finally just, here, here, just here it is. It, it's true. It's real. Because I, <laughs> I honestly, like, it's hilarious every time, like, we would sit down with Sam and Diego talking about the scripts of the daily and the and the, and the, the audio. And I, and I was like, I don't want to talk about foldable stuff anymore. Like, <laughs> God, man, like, I'm tired of it. That, you know, so it's like, finally, it's just there. I honestly still don't care about it. I think it's a solution in search of a problem. Uh, but uh, only only companies can prove us right or wrong, you know. True. Um, oh, go ahead, Brendan. Yeah, I was going to say, Jaime said, um, you know, when they took it out, they were like, here it is. Here's what it looks like. But what you didn't hear them say is we have no idea how this is going to work. We don't know how we can mass produce this. <laughs> and it's going to be $2,000. We don't know how to get the price down. So it's, it's super early, but um, – I think, like I said before, I think this is a super compelling idea that you can have a pocketable device that is phone-sized, and yet, if you want a larger screen for many different use cases, watching video, sharing photos, or just having a better content viewing experience, this is going to be the form factor if they can figure out the price and the technology. But I think that this is going to commemorate the return of the holster, because there's no way you're going to pocket that thing. That thing has to go (laughs) on your belt or something like that. Yeah, I agree. If, well, the way that they showed it, even though it was uh, under dim lights, it was clear that thing is going to be thick. <laughs> so exactly. we're going to see what that what the actual thickness of that phone is. But like we have said on a number of different episodes before, um, the we're okay with phones being thicker if it means we get more out of them. So this might be the case with a foldable smartphone. By the way, we are looking at the live chat. I am looking at it as well. I understand that there's a bit of an audio lag in my video. I finally found a workaround to get my full camera working as a webcam. But something I didn't account for when we got into this episode is that the, the the throughput's a little bit lagged. So please bear with me. I can't really fix it for this episode, but it's something I want to fix for 2019, obviously, because I want this to be what it looks like every time I come on the show. Well, uh, the video quality is great. Yeah, so that's that's, awesome. that's what I really wanted. I don't want to rely on the... Lord knows I don't want to rely on the camera from this laptop, so... <laughs> <laughs> the nose cam. Exactly. You'd be looking... <laughs> Up <laughs> my nose. All right, so on to our next story. Now, in this one in particular, has to do with uh, smart watches. Now, um, something. Do you guys even remember uh, what what this particular product was? Because this is something that I didn't even catch uh, catch wind of, like Neither. back in February. Neither. So it's an Android. It's an Android Wear concept that's part adapter and part case with like funky wings. Um, it's just kind of like another Kickstarter story that tried to make something out of maybe whatever you didn't need to make something out of. Um, Kickstarters are not only like par for the course, but they are something that's so common that we see. I get really mad when I go to like my gear websites and I see a product that I think is really cool. But then at the bottom of it, instead of saying buy, it says pledge. <laughs> it's like 
super annoying. Um, some Kickstarters from 2018. Did you guys ever like uh, pledge to any Kickstarters this year? Nope. Really? You're not a Kickstarter guy at all? Not really, man. I mean, uh, there have been great stories just as much as they've been. there have been bad ones, you know? People that don't end up mm. getting anything. I feel like, Brandon, you may have done a Kickstarter before. Like, you've pledged. Yeah, I've done a couple of things. My most recent one that I can remember was a product called the Lift Light. And what it, it was this beautiful piece of mahogany with a levitating light on top. And the cool thing was that it used magnets to levitate, but it uses induction to send a little bit of electricity to the light bulb so that when you tap the base, this floating light bulb turns on. It's so cool. That's uh, the last thing I can remember I pledged. Well, this one is like, I, I totally get it if you have a really, if what you think is a great idea, you have the means to actually create a prototype of it and see if it would actually work in the real world. But this particular concept, the shell, so these wings are supposed to have a speaker, a receiver, radio antennas for LTE and Wi-Fi, but it just adds all this bulk to what is already considered kind of a bulky piece of equipment, which is an Android Wear smartwatch. And, and, and the thing about so, it is it's not like if battery life is great on wearables right now as it is. I mean, like, like and, and, and the other thing is, like, my dad's been wearing the Huawei Watch 2 recently, and he has defaulted to making phone calls from the watch, and he actually loves it just the way it is with the speaker. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's interesting. I, I think I've only ever done that on a smartwatch one time, and it was for a review, just to see what it was like. And I think it was the gear. What was the gear that, like, wrapped around? It was like a... Oh, my God, the gear, uh, the gear S, the first one. The gear S. The first gear S, I, right? I, yeah, I still have that. that. I still have that watch, by the way. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll see what, uh, what 2019 has in store for smartwatches, but I do think that... Um, as far as smart watches go, not necessarily Kickstarters, because there are always going to be massively weird Kickstarters out there that you may or may not pledge for. And you might, I pledged for something at the beginning of the year, still haven't gotten it. Yes. It's supposed to be a pair of smart glasses. Jules, you're right. Jules just put in the, in the, in the uh, comments. Isn't the Nubia Alpha a thing? Um, I've seen it. I don't care about it. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> they, they're calling it a phone, but it's not. And it's just, again, it's, it's a solution in search of a problem. What does it solve? How is this better than a phone is the question. It's just yeah, cool. Yeah, it's indeed. just it's just bragging rights. Like all these companies need this like Vanguard product, this product that just totally defies things. And it's like a marketing stunt where all they do is get attention through the product. But then what they sell you is cheaper phones, you know, and stuff like that. And so it's just the, yeah. it's just a way to get good publicity. It's, it was like our best video from IFA. It was the video that performed the best, but it was literally the product that I found the least future on. I mean, wasn't it supposed to launch now? in q4 and it hasn't launched i think so but then again the foldable uh samsung phone was supposed to be november <laughs> clearly that wasn't the case right you know it's it's not that easy yeah um okay so as we are drinking a little bit on this episode um not that we would actually do it but there are going to be a lot of stories on today's episode where we're going to kind of pour one out for a lost soldier in the world of android and this is one of the first ones who used swipe back in the day uh, or even recently. No, I didn't. Really? No. I got uh, I got so good at swipe. It was ridiculous. Like, I got so good at swipe, I could type paragraphs without even looking at the keyboard. And now that all the keyboards out there, like Gboard and really every single keyboard that matters, has that swipe functionality built in, swipe just does, swipe with the Y doesn't even need to exist anymore because it's built in every keyboard. But if you if you devote time to learning how to do gesture typing on a keyboard, 
it's just so fast, and it's all one-handed with your thumb. So for me, the problem with Swipe was that it was originally not multilingual. And so the only ah. keyboard back in the day that was multilingual was SwiftKey. Um, that was the first one. They did the best job at it. And ever since then, I've been a SwiftKey user, uh, mainly because I literally speak to people in, dif- in two different languages every day all the time. Um, and so I-, I can't just default to one. I just couldn't commit to that. Mm. Well, oh, I, I just realized I should probably be saying when these stories were coming out. So this one in particular, we went from January, now we're in February. This one is about how Nuance ended development of Swipe and Dragon Keyboard, which I, if I remember correctly, Dragon Keyboard was the voice dictation one. Yeah. Um, so Nuance was just like both of our keyboards for Android. Sorry, we're not going to be able to do it anymore. And it was just like, it was really odd, um, you know, to see that. Um, okay, it almost made perfect sense, right? Because... When you have a keyboard that brings functionality like swipe typing, it only became a matter of time before other keyboards took that same functionality and made it their own. I mean, clearly, there are, a lot, there are probably a lot of Android users out there who just use Gboard as it's already in the phone. Yeah. And, you know, they just swipe using that. I, I can't really talk too much. I do miss swipe, don't get me wrong, but I was one of those weirdos that used uh, other keyboards. There was one where you did two-finger swiping, so, like, you, you could type really fast with that thing, but it required both fingers. And um, and then clearly I'm the biggest fan of like, I'm one of the biggest fans of like the BlackBerry phones right now. So clearly I'm not. <laughs> By the way, if you ever use swipe or do swipe typing on a, on a BlackBerry key one or key two, you're in for a bad time. Let me just say. <laughs> wait, oh, wait so swipe typing works on the key, key two? You just get Barely. the, you got to get the virtual keyboard to come up. And then oh, that's stupid. There. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. You lose so much screen by doing that. <laughs> Do you guys remember, um, this kind of goes back a little bit, you know, New- Nuance makes the Dragon products. Back back in the day, there was a product called Dragon Dictation. Yeah. Did you guys uh, yeah, have any experience with that? that? Yeah, that's that's one of these, yeah. It was one of the first uh, voice-to-speech engines way before Google and Siri could do it. And in order to train it, you had to spend hours reading sentences for it to pick up what you say. Mm-hmm. And it's just... It's amazing because now you don't need to do that. You just speak to Google Assistant or your keyboard with a little microphone, and it's just remarkably accurate with no training. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Those were the days. Uh, but yeah, pouring one out for Swipe. I still liked the uh, design of Swipe. Like, it's gray, it's dark, and then the actual Swipe line was yellow. It's orange, like, yeah. Brandon, do, you, orange, yeah. do you remember Fiddly? No, back, no. In, back in the pocket PC days, there was this uh, there was a special keyboard layout that they came up with called Fiddly, which instead of QWERTY, it's or QWERTY as you want me to say it, it's Fiddly, and so it was just a way for your stylus to not have to move like the the word the letters that you would use the least were on the outer portion, and then it was just the word the letters that you would type the most were in the middle. That was it. Ah, I think I do remember that. We've mm. come a long way. <laughs> Do you guys remember any any other apps over the course of 2018 that were relics? Oh my of... god! No, for me, for me, the app that has been relic for years, and I wish somebody bought it. I wish I had the money to buy it. Was Mailbox? Uh, mm. oh, I miss Mailbox that. from the Dropbox came up with, and they just killed the app because I guess they didn't get any funding for it. That still yeah. is for me the best mail app ever. Period. Wasn't that previously a company or was that? that no. So a company right? turned into Outlook, which I hate. I do. Uh, I, for me, it's like the worst. It's, it's a good, Ooh. it's a good mail. It, it tried to be a mailbox ripoff and it just didn't do a good job. 
Well, now we have Inbox, which is not quite the same no. thing, but it tries Inbox to do it. Inbox is dead. They killed it, remember? They they merged oh, that's every... that's true. Okay, so fine. That's one thing that died this year. <laughs> they merged it into yeah. Gmail, which has a terrible iPad application. Uh, it's not so good on iOS. Uh, so it's like, eh, whatever. Whereas Mailbox was started as an iOS first app and then evolved to Android. And it worked yeah. just as well on the phone as it did on the computer as it did on the tablet. But it's another it's another example of functionality making it onto let's say the the big guns of of the app ecosystem because like the whole idea of mailbox was you swipe to delete that way you get to inbox zero but you can do the same thing in Gmail now you could swipe over and it archives all your emails and whatnot so you can get to inbox zero in much the same way you can it's just like in mailbox you it was I don't I don't I don't know what it is what it was about mailbox it was this simplicity where where Gmail yeah. like for example for me the problem with Gmail is not um, is not the that you can't do the swiping. For me, the G, the problem with Gmail is the way that it orders email, where the first email that you get is not the is not the last one. It's actually the first one. It's so like if you've got like a twenty email conversation, oh, yeah. it is a freaking nightmare to find which is the latest one. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It is. One more um, thing, real quick. Hmm. Um, uh, one of the reasons I think you like Mailbox Jaime is because when it first came out, there was a wait list. You couldn't use it. Until like what? There's like a hundred thousand people in front yeah. of you, and Jaime, you know, he likes what he can't have. And that's so want. true. That is yes, so exactly. true. Yeah. They made people want it. We don't have to go into detail about it, but I wanted to put one more like pour out for another app that died. And I don't remember if it was 2018 or 2017. You mentioned Outlook. I miss Sunrise Calendar. Let me just say that Sunrise Calendar. Um, yes, that was awesome. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, speaking of things that never actually came to fruition, um, there were a lot of rumors in the end of February saying that we would get an iPhone SE 2. Clearly not the case. <laughs> so, uh, not yet. Uh, not yet. With the way numbers are for Apple right now, I think that SE 2 is what they need. Well, they were saying that this was going to have even older specifications, like ones that would not be in line with what WWDC would bring in 2018, even like a an old A10 processor, only two gigabytes of RAM. It would have Touch ID, which I think might be the biggest thing that people miss. Like if an SE came out, maybe it would have had Touch ID and we would have had at least one version of it. But they went all in with the design of the 10 or the X or the 10S, 10R, whatever. The flop, um, you mean? But in, in, what was that? The flop, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Does that, does that sound like a good trade-off that we didn't get an SE, but instead we got a 10R? Was that even enough? Or did you want to see an SE? Brandon, you want to see this tiny, you're the one this that tiny did... little affordable phone. Brandon, you review the 10R. What are your thoughts on that thing? Um, it's overpriced, and I don't really like it that much. But I did use the SE um, because back then, and it's still true today, you can't get a premium small phone. And the SE has like, what, a four-point? Xperia XZ, whatever, premium, uh, compact there. The compact, yeah. So the, so the SE had a really small, it was like a 4.5-inch screen, but it had, you know, the A9 processor, really good camera system. And I had a lot of fun with it for a while because it's like a toy. But then, inevitably, you realize, like, this screen is so small that I'm missing out on so many things. So then I went back to my, you know, 5.5, 6-inch phone. But I think an SE2 could be awesome, especially since there's a lot of people, like my dad and grandma, that... Want Touch ID back because it was so simple and so easy. Yeah, I know yeah. a lot of people that don't like Face ID. They just don't. Yeah, they prefer to go back to the pin password than use Face ID. Wow. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, the uh, what was the size of the SE screen? 
It was below four, four inch, right? Or was it four, four inches? Four inches. It was oh, four? Geez. Yeah. I think an SC2 with like 4.7. Yeah. You know, like... like if, if, if they would use the same chassis, I mean, pretty much they would follow on... They, they pretty much use that design for the iPad Pro right now. So it's like, mm. just keep that design in a way to mimic the iPad Pro uh, the design and, and just, you know, go screen on screen, which were the rumors in the end. That's That was the way the, the rumors pointed that it was going to be. Mm. Yeah. Well, speaking of screens, um, one trend that happened in 2018. Well, okay. It was, it was coming for a long time. Clearly, there is a bit of an advantage to having something like an AMOLED display on a phone. I mean, a lot of manufacturers that are not Samsung are even using AMOLEDs uh, in their particular displays, Huawei being one of them. Uh, LG, on the other hand, with their G7 earlier in the year, this, uh, this story comes out from March, um, they decided to stick with an LCD display, despite the fact that they even had an always-on display on it. So potentially you're using the entire screen rather than just the specific pixels in order to get that always-on display. Um, the question here, is LCD now being more considered a medium-tier, a mid-tier feature is oled really the premium feature in terms of smart screen uh smartphone displays no the, the thing about lcds is they are still less expensive to produce they're actually still more capable in certain things like refresh rate um mm-hmm. so i'm not saying i'm a fan of of lcds like i like there's nothing wrong with the lcd on this razor phone 2 for example it's just and I love the refresh rate. It's I just I, I get so pissed off the moment the phone turns on for whatever reason at night, and I get to see that like white screen at night for the always on <laughs> display. It's just God, that looks so bad, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So aesthetically, I don't find LCDs to be superior. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, how about how about you, Brandon? Um, every time I use an LCD, unless it's an Apple LCD, I really miss having an, an OLED display. And I should say that AMOLED is a Samsung thing. OLED is not. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's a good distinction. But to then, make. But then so a- LED, LED displays, a- let's say. No, so yeah, but um, so LED would be pretty much else. LCD displays is literally an LED. There's an LED backlight for it. Oh yeah, AMOLED is different. Well, it's 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 literally it's OLED technology. That would be it. OLED. That's OLED, the term. Yeah. We should that would that at. would be the correct term. Where every individual pixel lights itself. There we go. Yeah, which is the distinction, right? So you can you can activate certain pixels if you want them to be. So that's the reason why always on displays kind of became a thing, and that's why OLED or AMOLED displays uh, became sort of sort of a hot commodity for all of but, that. But, but clearly. Go ahead. Go for it. Sorry. Go for it. I was just going to say, clearly you can have an always-on display with an LCD. There's just going to be a trade-off there. And whether or not it actually means lower battery life is... I don't know no. if anyone's actually fully corroborated No, but, that, but so. that's the thing. That's that's the point that I was going to make right now. I want you to think about what phones had the best battery life of the year. One of them being the Razer Phone 2, which you have. Like, mm-hmm. literally, the uh, whatever it is that they did with, it, with LCD displays late, lately... I don't know what it is, man, but they are they are the ones that bring out the best battery life, even with their always on displays. You know, they've mm. they figured out something and it started it started ever since LG came up with that quantum dot technology and they brought it on the G4, then I don't know what they did with the G5. I hated the screen on the G5. Um, but it's evolved into a point where I feel that LCD displays are more power efficient than than than, than OLEDs. Mm, okay, fair enough. 
Um, we'll see where that trend goes in the new year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, if you're in the uh, if you're in the live chat or in the comment sections, or if you are on Twitter, let us know what you think about the battle between OLED and LCD displays and whatnot. Um, let's move on to our next story, which would be about the iPhone X. Now, here's another rumor that was uh, that was sort of circling around the new iPhones was the whole idea that with the new iPhones that were coming out in 2018, that the iPhone X would be dead and buried. When in reality, at um, at the announcement for the iPhone XS and the XS Max, as it turned out, the iPhone X was still going to be very much in the lexicon. It was going to be considered the lower tier device uh, that you could still buy if you didn't want to upgrade all the way to the XS. Um, but the thing is that up until this point, the reason why people were thinking the iPhone X was sort of dead or even buried, uh, especially when the new phones were going to come out, is because they actually didn't sell as well. Um, that, again, was a trend that started to go upward because with the, with the announcement of the new phones, people were like, well, maybe I'll just go for last year's phone because there's not too much that's different. The battle between iPhone X and XS. Um, is the, is, does the iPhone X deserve to still be around? Uh, now that we've used the XS and the XS Max, um, like, how do we feel about the iPhone X itself still being in the lexicon? Um, so I hated how, how the do we iPhone feel about all that? I hated the iPhone You didn't X. like the iPhone X? No, man. It was just, like, the XS is everything the iPhone X should have been. Uh, at the time of the X, every flagship Android phone had a great camera, if not most of them. Um, and if you would grab the iPhone X for whatever reason that was not making a video... Oh my god, like the photography on the iPhone 10 was trash compared to every Android flagship. I think that the year where I like totally can my iPhone like totally for the first time ever was last year because of that iPhone 10. Uh because it was incredibly expensive uh and you just weren't getting your money's worth. Sure, it looked different and it was new and everything you want, but for me, things like photography were important, things like battery life were important, and none of these things were nailed by the iPhone 10. Uh, and another consideration about that that time when the iPhone 10 came out, I mean, and this happened to me too, um, is that the Pixel 2 was out. And, yeah. you know, for the price you paid for the iPhone 10, you thought, this has to do something really well. At least the camera should be great, but it wasn't that great, especially compared to the Pixel 2. Exactly. That, and that was, again, that was the major problem. It's not that the iPhone 10 was a bad phone. It's just it was really bad compared to everything else. That was the problem. So would you recommend the iPhone 10 to users who may not have the same amount of money to get the iPhone 10s for example? No, I, I I would I would highly recommend paying the extra $100 or the extra whatever to pay the to buy the iPhone 10s. Like I I would be like no. No, 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 no. Like there's there's a thing about whatever it is that Apple did with dynamic range uh on photography particularly. Yeah, smart HDR. Uh, like the smart HDR is like my god, I'm doing Instagram stories and I don't like it's probably a little too warm for my taste, but I can't deny how visually pleasing it is. Like, I'm like, this is the perfect candy for consumers. Uh, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, and the dynamic range on this phone is, like, insane. Like, stupid insane. Like, you, like right now, I've done a couple of videos where people can't really tell that I'm using an iPhone XS as my B camera for a lot of the B-roll in certain videos. They just can't tell that it's not a professional camera. It is that good for video and for photography as well. Like, again, too warm for my taste, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't change the fact that it's great. Mm. 
I, I do think it's interesting that the smart HDR actually does work in video as well, which oh, is yeah. something that, like, I wasn't I wasn't really that big on it, and I still think that for people out there who prefer a little bit more contrast in their videos and photos, that maybe it, uh, smart HDR you're gonna turn that thing off. But at the very least, I can make sure that the dynamic range is good and just add in the contrast later in my editing software. So the, the thing, that's why I usually end up doing. The it. thing about it is, I wish that a company, whichever company, and I, I recently did a. Um, not, the word is not consulting, but I recently we we had this conversation with a company where you know I was like you know what the pro- the biggest problem right now because they were they, they asked me about the the future of cameras for example and I was like you know if somebody like back in the day when Samsung experimented with the Galaxy camera and with all these concepts there was not enough technology this was just a camera with a smartphone sensor whereas now you've got a lot of development when it comes to computational photography can you imagine a panasonic gh6 with computational photography even if it's not powered by android i've had so Mm. many cases where i'm like i'm not going to say that this photo is better than if i use the dslr but it's really damn close and so what is the point of carrying like i i couldn't say that two years ago like the pixel 2 was the first phone to achieve that and I just I wish that a company would be like, let's do this with a camera, with a real camera, with a big sensor, with a big lens and just bring this computational photography and bring dynamic range the way smartphones are doing right now, because smartphones are killing it. So why can't they bring computational photography to a DSLR? Because you need the software. That's the thing. Like, have have you seen software on your Panasonic? It's terrible. Well, well, I mean, yeah, the the software is terrible, but it's just software. Why can't they? Well, you know, spend. Well, I would agree. I would agree about putting computational. Um, I, I would agree about computational photography on like a point and shoot camera, but on a full DSLR where it's literally made to be a manual, uh, a manual shooter's dream. But, but they the, would take the photos themselves. They would go into the applications. They would make the HDR happen and all that. But that's the thing. Um, if, would, if you took, it almost be cheating. It would be cheating if they put it on a DSLR. But, but think <laughs> about it. So professional cameras have had an auto mode for a bit, like. <laughs> I think it's been yeah. 10 years since auto mode has existed. I just, I right. wish that we had true intelligent auto that because Sony uses that term intelligent auto and it just doesn't deliver. Like I've had cases where the other day, well, not the other day, but a couple of months ago I was in the Vatican. I was carrying my, uh, the P20 pro and I was carrying my Panasonic G85 and I took a couple of photos with the G85 and a couple of photos with the P20 pro. And I'm like, Shoot, man. I'm like, I'm carrying $2,000 worth of camera between the lens. I was carrying an F1.4, a 12 millimeter F1.4, plus the body and the P20 Pro. And it's not, I'm not saying that the photos of the P20 Pro were better, but what do I use my photos for? Instagram, you know? Yeah. That's the thing. Like, what do we use photography for lately? We use it mostly for social media. And so yeah. I'm not saying that a professional photographer should stay away from their $10,000 camera. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there are consumers that want to buy a camera still. They want to get into that niche. And I feel that the technology is there, which I'm I'm saying that probably now is a good time to get a good Snapdragon 845 on a camera and have, because if you, the, the thing about it, Brandon, to answer your question, a lot of this HDR, a lot of this HDR capability comes from the processor and these cameras just don't have good chips. They're old. But you would think that like, a very um, resource-rich company like Nikon or Panasonic would say, let's put better chips and better software into these cameras. They don't. Well, okay. But I guess not. 
We, we, well, we have to move on to our next story, but I will say this. There's also an infrastructure issue here because the whole idea behind having HDR, smart HDR, all of that stuff is the fact that it can take so many photos at once digitally inside of the processor. That's not the case with an actual camera that has a shutter. So when you hit that button on an actual DSLR, it's going to go 10 frames. Yes. But it has to do that. But you don't have that problem on a mirrorless. There is no physical movement like, yeah. like a DSLR. So it, it has to be done. It has to be done digitally is what I'm saying. So if there would be a mode on these cameras, especially mirrorless cameras that do things digitally without having to use the actual shutter, which it does still use in regular photography. There is still a shutter. There's no mirror, but there's a shutter. Um, yeah. so it depends on the mode. Maybe it can be a mode, but I don't think it's going to replace what photography has in DSLRs anytime soon. No, I, I, um, I feel that these can go DSLRs right should continue it. existing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we should, we should definitely go to our next one. And speaking of things that we are going to pour one out for, uh, let's talk a little bit about windows phone guys. <laughs> um, I will admit there's one thing about windows phone that I really liked and it's that it's just the general design of the home screens. It was definitely clean. Um, it may not have been fully polished, but um, it's never going to be the operating system that we look back on and say that we absolutely hated, <laughs> but it, it is definitely one that just was not able to fight the powers that be Apple and Google, of course. And there were a couple of, um, there, there was a, there was a, there were a series of tweets that went out, um, by someone that talked about, uh, windows phone, basically dying because it was, uh, the fault of the carriers for not actually embracing windows phone as much as they should have. Do we agree or not Isn't agree in terms of that? Fault. It wasn't the carrier's <laughs> fault. No. The biggest problem with Microsoft was continuing to be Microsoft. I feel that if Windows Phone would have come out in the time of Satya Nadella, things would have changed. Like, I'll give you an idea. Windows 10. Is it a free upgrade? It is. Um, mm -hmm. they, that, that was the selling point for Windows 10. We're going to make it a free upgrade. Or at least they did it temporarily. The biggest problem with Windows Phone is why am I going to grab... Why am I going to pay a license for Windows Phone? It was like $30, where I have to pay nothing for Android. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand, yeah. Android, Android was not designed to compete against iOS. There was no iOS at the time that Android was developed. It was designed to compete with Windows Phone. An app, uh, uh, operating system that would, be, that would provide developers an option, an OEMs an option where they didn't have to pay. And if, you, and if you remember, like Android originally looked a lot like Windows Phone, the mobile version, the, the one that, would, that, didn't have a touch, that didn't have a touch screen. And so that was the problem. Like Android literally came to fill the shoes of Windows Phone. That's what it did. Uh, and there was just no way when 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 they decided to come back with a new idea. First, they were like, "Yeah, sure, it's cool, but dear OEMs, you cannot customize it. Dear OEMs, you can't do anything with it." And guess what, dear OEMs? Because we failed with strategy number one, let's do strategy number two and let's buy Nokia. Oh, you're gonna buy a competitor, and you're gonna put a competitor now. So that like everybody jumped ship. Everybody jumped ship with Windows Phone because of that. It just, it, none of all, there were so many mistakes in the way it was handled originally. I'm saying it was a great operating system. It was power efficient. It was in my case, it was visually pleasing for me, even though a lot of people didn't like it. But just this, there were so many shifts in strategy that just killed everything. And then the Microsoft Windows phones are just terrible. Mm. Well, I, I like the story because it gives us a chance to give a quick shout out to one of our old friends, Jeff Gordon. Oh. I miss you, buddy. Um, he actually responded to this tweet saying that... Um, you know, if, if carriers and manufacturers were not embracing Windows Phone enough, this is what Jeff said. I loved my HTC Titan on AT&T, 
my Windows phone, my HTC Phone 8X in flame red on Verizon, and the One M8 for Windows with dual cameras on Verizon. True flagships, all of them, and on different carriers. So what is this whole thing about second string devices and almost no carrier support? Clearly, Windows Phone was found on many of the major carriers. If you were to compare it one to one to all of the Android phones that were coming out, sure, there might be a bit of a skew there, but that doesn't mean it wasn't being represented at all. Yeah. He's um, right. And one of our live chat, one of our live chat uh, viewers is saying that the main problem that it came down to, at least from the consumer end, was that it was just not supporting as many apps. So Android obviously had all of the different applications. I remember way back in the day, I, 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 I reviewed a Windows phone and I was happy that at the time of reviewing it, Spotify had come to Windows phone. But, but then when, <laughs> when you use iOS these apps, and Android had it for years. But then when you use these apps, like the, then there was the problem of this whole aesthetic uh concept where like people didn't like windows 8 people didn't like the 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 approach people didn't like windows phone like i I remember that i gave my i gave my dad and i gave my grandfather a windows phone and they made me change their phones here are two people that get a free phone that don't like it and want a change because they they just didn't like the whole concept of the black and the live tiles they didn't like a lot of them didn't understand this idea like right now instagram made a change yesterday that you notice uh, uh uh josh that they made this like a horizontal swipe like they did this temporary change and people went ballistic and so if (laughs) if you remember the windows phone original paradigm of design was horizontal people did not like it they just they Mm -hmm. didn't uh it just it didn't it's i feel that windows phone is like this idea where this design firm came over and showed that this really cool concept and they liked it but they didn't show it to enough consumers before they launched it to the market and then there was the problem of timing. They would announce a new version of Windows Phone, and they would take 10 months to put it out to consumers. By those 10 months, yeah. iOS was already updated. Android was already updated. And whatever cool ideas they brought, they just brought them in. And then the third thing was this whole black screen on white text, which makes sense at night, but it doesn't make sense during the day. Just The user interface just did not was visually pleasing, but didn't make sense. That was my, my perspective on it. Mm. All right, so we're going to get into more design, uh, especially when it comes to the outer form of the phone. Uh, when we talk about how back in May, oh, Jules, this is one of your articles. Um, the Huawei Mate RS had no notch because the Porsche design director called it disturbing. Now, what I love about this is that now clearly things have changed. <laughs> we have a notch on at least one of the Huawei phones that are cur- or both of the Huawei both phones both. rather that are currently out, um, and the. Um, <laughs> what I find funny is that the the design director for Porsche Design, there was an update at the bottom of this uh, article that said, update, Huawei has reached out to clarify that the opinions of said director are his alone and not of Porsche Design. Clearly, they knew what they were going to do <laughs> moving forward um, because that's what we got. Now, do how now that we've had a whole year of notches, like so, so many of them have come out. We all have our opinions on them. The Pixel 3 XL or even the Huawei Mate 20 that came out. Uh, teardrop designs, full notch designs, iPhone XS, iPhone XS Max, all of that. What is your opinion at the end of 2018 in regards to this design choice? Like what, how do you actually feel after a whole year of seeing this? As, um, as Jaime will say, I know what he's going to say. The notch is a means to an end that, you know, at some point in the future, we will have devices without any notches or holes or even sliders. I think that in the not-too-distant future, they'll figure out how to put the camera, proximity sensor, and the earpiece behind the glass. I mean, there's already some t- there are already some technologies that do that, 
like the piezoelectric uh, thing on which phone has it um, where it vibrates the screen against your ear. That actually works really well. Um, and to be able to put a camera behind the screen without a hole punch is going to be possible. So I think eventually we will have, um, you know, full screen devices without cutouts and notches. And, you know, this year was about display experimentation and getting to that point by using notches and holes and sliders and things like that. I don't know, man. I, I'm not saying that I like notches. I'm saying I like notches more than bezels. So if this is the step towards no bezels and it, this is like the stepping point in the middle, I'll take it so long as not so long as it's not the Pixel 3 XL, which is actually a phone I use every day. Mm. But it just pisses me off because the whole purpose of having a notch is to not have bezels and then you've got this huge chin at the bottom. Uh, so it's like, come on, Google, you had one job. Like, if you were going to leave the chin, <laughs> might as well left the top bezel, man. Like, seriously. Uh, so I, yeah. I, I feel it was a bad, it was a bad design choice. I still hate looking at it. I just, I love my Pixel for everything it does right. I, but I hate, it's just not visually pleasing. That's just the way I feel about it, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, I I will say, I, I said this one time before, and it was a bit controversial that I said, um, it was almost clickbaity in a way, I love the notch, dot, 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 because it led us to all these other things. <laughs> so, like, I have to say that in 2019, I'm going to get really sad because we're already at the point where we have hole punch uh, uh, cameras on the on the front display, obviously, um, and that's going to eclipse the notch, but it's also going to eclipse what I felt like was going to be a great addition. Um, which was the slider phone finally returning. And I think that was a great, elegant uh, uh, solution to the notch. And I, I feel bad because we, we were only going to get a few of them. And then everyone's going to go for this hole punch uh, after that. So it's going to, we only knew you, we, we knew you. So uh, we hardly knew ye slider phones of 2018. Um, the, right. They're going to shoot up at value. Hold on to your Oppo Find X's and Mi Mix 3's. Yeah. They're going to be worth triple in like five years because Joshua's going to go on eBay and buy all of them. <laughs> no, but Fair like I have, I, have yet, I have yet to use a slider phone except for the Find X. Uh, for me, like the problem with the, the slider design is, is the fact that you lose water resistance. That for me, if, if a company would figure that out, then probably slider phones would remain. Oh yeah, no, I, that's true. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna kind of blast through the last two stories here. We're going into June, and I believe let's see if it's June or July in this case, or well, just June stories. So we're going through the first half of the year and ending it with a couple of quick questions. Siri, yay or nay? Has it even gotten any better in 2018 for for either of you? Do you use Siri at all? Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> like like the HomePod was, the, I think the the worst product of the year. The biggest flop of the year was the HomePod. That is my perspective. Mm. Okay. Uh, and then we had a bit of an early rumor leading into Samsung Unpacked for 2018 that perhaps there was going to be a Samsung Galaxy Watch that was going to rock Wear OS instead of Tizen. Clearly not the case. Um, and Tizen is still alive and well. And the Galaxy Watch itself was, uh, it made a little bit of a splash at the time, but maybe not everyone remembers it anymore. No. Um, would Wear OS have been a good idea for for Samsung smartwatches this year? No. I don't think no. so. I think Tizen on the Samsung watches, in a lot of ways, is superior to Wear Look OS. Look at what I'm wearing, man. Is where, how do you feel about Wear OS? You have any idea how many Wear OS watches I have right now in the drawer, and I'm using a Garmin Phoenix 5. <laughs> I mean, it's, wow, Wear OS <laughs> wow. needs so much work, even with the latest update. 
They, I, I, I made, I made a, I made a commitment that I'm gonna use one for CES, just to give it a good shot. It's just even the Wear OSs running the Snapdragon 83100 with the whole, their, even their battery life is bad. Like, come on, e- even, even the new, the latest fossils have terrible, like the, 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 the experience is choppy. Like, they really need to go back to the drawing board with everything. It tries to do too much, and it does everything really bad. That's my perspective. Yeah, I think I agree there. The uh, I'm the one who talks about the uh, hybrid smartwatches, and I also use a Mi Band 3 in this case. It's just one of my go-tos. Um, we're going to go ahead and go into our first break after all that. The Pocket Now Weekly comes to you with support of Caseta by Lutron. And today I want to talk to you about Caseta by Lutron Smart Lighting Control, brought to you by Lutron, pioneers in smart home technology. With Caseta, you can schedule your lights to come on at dusk, so your family always comes back to a well at home. It's quite easy to make every light in your house a smart light. Just take out your switches. Installing Caseta dimmers takes a screwdriver in just about 15 minutes. After that, you won't have to buy racks of smart bulbs or deal with bulky smart plugs all over the place. Just connect the switches up to Alexa, Siri, or Google Assistant, and away you go. Our producer Jules has them. He's been able to program his lights to start and end his day, setting them to turn on with his alarm and to turn off at his command. He doesn't have to flick a switch because he's smarter than that. Get smart lighting the smart way with Caseta by Lutron. Search for C-A-S-E-T-A or hit up Lutron.com. Caseta by Lutron. Welcome home to peace of mind. Brandon, as uh, as almost per usual, he has a bit of a uh, he has a bit of a hard out for today, meaning that he has to leave in about five minutes. So for our little check-in for this uh, for this week, since it is our year-end celebration, uh, we had a thought of talking about maybe our favorite. We're only halfway through all the stories of the year. We're going to kind of blast through the last half. But um, now that we're halfway through, even though Techtober is still one of the stories we're going to talk about a little bit later, do you have a favorite device? I I I, I, I want to say smart smartphone, but it's very possible that some of our favorite devices might not be smartphones. So do you have a favorite device of 2018? I do, uh, and I feel like I talk about it too much, so I'm going to talk about my favorite phone in two seconds. Favorite device is the continued improvement of the smart home speakers. Um, This morning, I put a Google Home Mini next to my nightstand, and just for the heck of it, this morning I was like, good morning, hey Google, good morning, and oh my God, it was like, it said, hello Brandon, your commute to work is 12 minutes. It's two minutes longer than usual. Today you have the podcast and you're going to your in-laws tonight for dinner and don't, (laughs) and don't remember to pick up the milk on your way home. It was, and then it, oh, and then it proceeded to say today, the weather's going to be 44 degrees with a 30% chance of rain. And I'm sitting in bed. Like I don't need, I don't even need to like do anything else. I just know everything. Mm, All right. Would you, are you going to, um, I know the holidays have already passed, but I still have my family party that's happening tomorrow. So we're going to do like gift exchanges and stuff tomorrow. Um, Did you give like a, like a Google home mini or something of the sort for like a gift this year? Or is it like, how much is it? Does it work for like a 30 or $20 white elephant? Cause I I would love to put one of those in. (laughs) Yeah. They're super cheap, like 30 bucks. I gave several ways gifts and everyone that I gave it to after, you know, a little bit of a learning process. Love it. Okay, great. Um, I think in my case, gosh, I have I have a number of them to be honest, because you know, despite the fact that I made a transition from 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 my previous uh, my previous occupation, my previous place of work, um, I uh, 
I started to jump into so many new uh, product categories. And one of them is actually this ring that I'm using right now. It's called the Aura Ring. Now, I'm not going to recommend this to everybody, mainly because it costs $399. But, <laughs> um, but I will admit that for someone like me that is a self-proclaimed biohacker, um i uh i like to f i like to know as much information as possible about my health about my sleep about my fitness and be able to do things because of it um one thing i want to talk about in 2019 at some point is how people don't use their smart trackers um to their fullest potential yes you get the info but you need to know what to do with that information and this is one of the few uh, products that tries to coach you on what to do about it it's mostly a sleep tracker and if it notices via its sensors that you're not sleeping as well as you should, it gives you um, some real actionable steps, some actual things you should do for the next night in order to get a better night's sleep. And hopefully you see an upward trend uh, with uh, all of the, uh, the the sleep that you're tracking with this. Um, okay, so I did want Jules to kind of pop in because it seems Jaime is having a little bit of connection troubles. But Jaime, in our little break right now, or rather our uh, our thought thread here, um, now that we're halfway through the stories of 2018, I wanted to see what your favorite device might have been of the year. Uh, it doesn't have to be a smartphone because I know it might be different. Like I said, I had my smart ring, but also um, Brandon said the Google Home Mini or Google Home. Uh, here, this is my favorite product. Mm. It's beautiful. It really is. This is my favorite product. The foldable. See, Apple beat everybody to the punch with a foldable product that reached the market first. It's right here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good yeah, that's so good it took me I'm, a sec i'm not saying i'm not saying this is ipad pro yes thank you jules i forget that there's audio too this is ipad pro uh the 11 inch model i'm not saying it's the perfect computer it's not it's not uh for me it doesn't replace my computer it doesn't replace anything it's just there are things that i like about this tablet that i can't do with a computer I don't like to sit down in bed when I want to watch a video. I don't like, like I can't, I like using Macs for video editing, but I can't, there's no touch interface on a Mac, so I'm forced to use this. Um, and it's just, I've been experimenting with editing video on this thing. Like there are some really good apps on this tablet. Like I had no idea, like LumaFusion and stuff like that. Um, so it's it's a really good Tablet that doesn't want to be a computer, and I don't care because I don't want it to be a computer. For me, it's more of a notepad. I use it a lot to assist everything that I do. Um, so it's like an it's like an accessory to me. It's not a product to get real work done, but it's just I like it. I like reading books every now and then. I like being able to multitask and have like my diary app on one end and stuff like that. And I, the iPad I, Pro has so much performance overhead that you you use a fraction of of its power when you're using. OneNote or like email or the web. It's just so powerful. Yeah, indeed. Brendan, you're going to have to finish that before you leave this episode. <laughs> I can't. I got to drive. <laughs> okay. I can't enough. finish it. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I should probably get to my. I did finish the Macallan. So for the second half of the episode, I'm going to have a mini bar bottle of uh, Bullet Bourbon. So anyone out there who's into bourbon, we have this here. All right. Oh, Brendan, if you're going to be heading out, thank you so much. Happy New Year, by the way, dude. Thanks. Happy New Year, too. Or as we say in my house, Happy Jew Year. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Enjoy. All right, guys. See you around. See you later. See you. <laughs> later, man. Okay. So here we go. Um, let's jump into our sorry, next story. That sorry about that, man. It's just God. I had to switch the hotspot, and it clearly wasn't good. Oh, okay. No worries. Um, All right. So I'm going to have some wine, by the way. 
Oh, there we go. I don't, I don't, Mer- like, sco- I don't like scotch during the day. Oh, okay, fair enough. It's like an end-of-the-day type thing, which will probably be many of our days at, <laughs> at CES, to be honest. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you looking forward to CES, Josh? Okay, I am, because I'm in a whole new place in my career obviously like you know much much thanks to all of you guys for giving me a home a place to call home um so to anybody out there who might be wondering i am going to be going to ces as jv but i'm also going as pocket now as well so i'm kind of double dipping in that way and it's because of my association with pocket now that i'm even able to get a press badge so it's awesome (laughs) dude it's it's such a pleasure to have you man are you kidding Mm, cheers to that we're gonna go ahead and move into our next uh next stories okay so do you remember Jaime? Um, and Jules, if you if if you want to chime in via the chat, I'll I'll, uh, I'll make sure to let your opinions be known. Uh, do you remember back in the day when we used to look at uh, any phone out of China and just immediately think it's not a great phone? Oh, it's yeah, same. It's like the same paradigm of of Japan thirty years ago. Any product that was Japanese would be considered cheap. Same thing. Mm. Well, I mean, granted, there are some issues from 2018 regarding uh, mainly ZTE, because clearly China as a whole is not really feeling the crunch um, politically, as it were, uh, especially when it comes to selling smartphones, because OnePlus clearly has a phone out in T-Mobile and they got a carrier to help them out. But ZTE was the one that had most of the problems. And uh, now recently we're seeing a little bit from Huawei. But this particular story is about ZTE's issues with the U.S. authorities. Um I'm not sure if you have any hot takes about this one. I don't really want to get into the politics of it, obviously, but ZTE was the one to feel the crunch the most. Uh, granted, Huawei wasn't able to bring their stuff to the U.S. I remember at CES, they were hoping to bring it to AT&T, but that didn't happen. Um, but any thoughts on the general China market trying to penetrate the U.S. market? Uh, all right. So all of these issues have to do with privacy concerns. Um, yes. I want to ask you, how many times have you said something, any particular thing. Like, I want to go buy a glass of Glenfiddich. I did it Mm. in Taipei recently. I said, oh my God, I would love to have some Glenfiddich right now. And then my phone was full of Glenfiddich ads. Now, is that is that China or is that... Because I know I've seen that that, with Facebook. that That happened to me in Taiwan. It's happened to me in the United States using... Uh, not an iPhone. I will have to clarify that has never happened to me while using an iPhone. Mm. But I have been using certain Android phones where apps like Facebook can target what you're looking for through whatever it is that you say. It happens to me with Amazon all the time. <laughs> all the time. So, you know, when you ask me about what my perspective is on Chinese companies, I would, I, I'm, you know, the question is, uh, is the concern is privacy. How sure are we that other companies from the United States are not doing the same thing, man? I mean, yeah. come on. Like, it, the, the, it's just this level of cynicism when it mm-hmm. comes to getting Amazon ads. Amazon, a fully U.S. company, using my phone. And then people are going to be like, yes, but you gave the phone permission to use your microphone the problem is if i want to use amazon that's the only way it works like if i don't if i don't like the problem is they kind of force you to say yes to these things so i feel that the the topic of privacy is much broader it is much bigger it is more than just our and i I don't want to get political because i hate talking about politics um but you know it's it's just one of those things where i feel that the we should just not um I hate playing the blame game where I'm like, these companies did this bad or these companies. I think that governments need to do a better job at telling us the why 
except you know I do understand that I do understand the concerns and the legalities. It's just God when we're in a country like the United States where we profess free market and we start blocking companies from other com- from other countries. It's kind of the complete opposite of what these company, what the country is saying. It's a free market, so I don't know, man. Yeah, I think it's easy to to pick. Okay, now granted, um, again, without getting political, I do think that uh, China is kind of an easy target. But granted, we are using that as a scapegoat when really we should be looking at everything. You're right. This is a much broader issue. Um, like for example, again, not to get too into detail about it, but you know, even if Huawei is. Um, I don't want to say guilty, but even if there are concerns about Huawei in terms of privacy and all that, there's one thing that the consumer will always keep in mind is that they make quality products. And clearly those products are out in places that are not China, like in Europe, and they don't care. Dude, (laughs) Latin America, Huawei is huge right now. Like, it's funny because everybody's like, ever since the P10, everybody's like, oh, that's a new P. Like, they've gained a lot of mindshare, and uh, I don't know, man. I'm not trying to defend anybody. I'm not trying to defend the U.S. government. I'm not trying to defend China. Uh, All I'm saying is uh, I think that there is more to discuss when it comes to the political aspect, and I feel that there are certain countries that are not doing a better job. That There are a lot of U.S. companies that are not doing a better job. Uh, I will say this right now. The first U.S. company that I have chosen to abandon this year is Facebook. Um, I mean, come on, man. Facebook is a U.S. company, and we've we had all the Cambridge Analytica issues this year. Yeah, I mean, yep. come on, man. Like, if anything, let's talk about an election that was like, like you can't even consider it legal anymore. Like, yeah. So I it's just, I used to it. make the point that um, if our information is being um, oh, hey, Jules, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, there you go. What's up, Jules? Um, nice. I, I was going to make the point earlier that if if our data and our information is actually being collected, now this goes back to like the Verizon AT and T like you know data breaches and whatnot, or or even just data collecting that used that that happened. I think it was 2015, 2016. Um, if our information is actually being collected, what I want to know is how is it being used. If it's uh, not, oh. a- go for it, go for it. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. give you an example. <laughs> I was going to say I think. I think if it's not being used for anything truly nefarious, if it's being used for targeted ads, then fine. But then Cambridge Analytica Analytica became a thing, so that's a whole different layer. But if it's not being used for anything truly malicious, I could almost, I can almost give it a pass because I do feel like we live in an age where everything that we do is in one way or another being tracked or at least being paid attention to was my main thing. I'm going to give you the perfect example. The other day, my dad... Um, my dad is a lawyer, um, and he focuses mainly on the, how do you call it, uh, crime law? What, what would that be in, in English? Criminal law? Criminal law. He focuses mostly on criminal law. He was like, he, so he was working with this case, and, 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 and a customer came in, and he was like, he looks at the case, and he's like, I'm, I can't do this. I can't follow this case. And he's like, and then the customer's like, but why? I mean, the, the, he's like, you guys have no case. Like... The, they you you're telling me that there is evidence through phone calls so i was not aware that in my country it is completely legal to record your calls fully a hundred percent that like a lawyer can ask carriers with a judge with a judicial uh warrant 
They can ask for your phone calls, either transcribed or full recordings of calls for the past two years, man. Yeah. Mm. That's warranted uh, information, and I'm going to have to figure out how to talk without uh, putting my headphones on because I'm getting a delay with this janky setup that I have. <laughs> so it's it's cool, buddy. I, we're glad to have you, man. It's just like let's like privacy. Oh my god, man! I what kind of privacy is that? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. and there are other things that we could talk about too, like one party consent and two party consent. Uh, some of the recording laws that I had to learn about as a journalist uh, in school. So it's like where one party can consent and you can record things legally, and then both parties would have to consent if it's a two party state. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's if, beside the points. Back to <laughs> well, uh, if what we wanted to discuss because so, so, I mean, yeah, but I'm, so I'm not trying to defend anybody. It's just come on, man. How much do we actually know about privacy? Is the question oh, exactly? Yeah, if there's and, one thing that if there's one thing that 2018 taught us, uh, not and and granted, like I said, China just happens to be an easy target. Um, well, it's just because one, like they've been setting up their laws so that it's impossible for U.S. companies or any foreign companies to go in without a joint venture agreement. And then there's all this um, trade secrets being siphoned off, and, and like that's a lot of a lot of uh, concern about what U.S. companies are going into when they want to get into the Chinese business because they have to surrender so much. And, you know, right. that's part of the trade agreement or uh, trade but, discussion that they have. But, but, but then, but then let's, so ta- let's talk about the, let, let's talk about the biggest China benefactor, which is the United States. How many products are manufactured in China? Yeah, I mean, really, yeah. you know, it's, a very, come it's, on. it's such a, it's such a multi-layered issue is privacy and i think what 2018 taught us is that we really don't truly know anything as consumers when it comes to privacy like we don't actually know where the laws lie in terms of what our data is supposed to be able to do for us and even on top of that like (laughs) the other thing that we learned in 2018 and again we don't have to get into this uh because i do want to go to our next story is that (laughs) the people who are in charge don't understand tech that's the most No. oh my god Oh my God! That that uh, the Facebook uh, yeah yeah the, 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 the hearings the Pachai the hearings suck- oh my God it's <laughs> so bad and these are the people that are doing our law- well the laws in the United States I mean God I was like yeah. no no it's so bad no like the questions I'm like do these guys filter their questions before they ask them like. Could they like call an expert to actually look at their questions before they look stupid, you know, in public? Like, I don't know, man. Well, to be fair, we're talking about a whole bunch of old people that are not experienced in this kind of thing and they're just, you know, filed. Yes, but they've got people working for them. I mean, can't they hire somebody to be like, yes, you know, this is kind of stupid to ask about Facebook? Like, you know, even though they have these all all these uh, subcommittees about science and whatnot, no, they, they rely a lot on what the Pentagon tells them. And if the Pentagon, with their intelligence networks and all that, are saying that, hey, this is a danger, this is a risk, and we found all this kind of evidence, a lot of it is top secret. And again, that is all kind of what lets us be a little, I don't know, skeptical of this. Like, we don't have access to what they know, so it's kind of weird. But No, but but I think, I, I think it has taught us something, Jules. I think it has taught us how... How uh, delayed is the word delayed? How um, how old our law our laws are in general, country wise, yeah. every country. Oh, yeah. How 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 laws are not fit to regulate? How much the internet has evolved? You want to oh, go absolutely. someplace where 
they know about what they're talking about, go to Estonia. Yeah. Go be an e-citizen of Estonia. That is an amazing experience. <laughs> All right. Well, we can go on to our next one. Um, Thank now, you. Getting, getting, it, that was, you know what? That was probably my favorite part of this episode so far. I love that kind of talk. And it's so funny how we can run right up to the political line and just be like, <laughs> like be right in front of it. <laughs> no, J- Jules can, Jules can tell Brexit. you. Jules can tell you, like, we came to a point uh, with certain stories where, you know, we published the stories and then I was, you know, Brandon and I were like, dude, let's just pull this. Like, we don't want to get into the political topic because, like, it exceeds our understanding. Yes. Uh, We understand tech, but we're not experts in politics, nor are we experts in what is legal and what is not. So I don't think it should be, it's a good idea for us to get into this. We are facing that kind of scary crossroads because... Exactly. That, point, that is a good point, Jules. We're going to have to talk about it. There is no, like, yeah. if some if CC decides, oh, this is what we're doing to the internet now because of this, like, how are we yeah, going to avoid it, that? It's just the thing about it is, like, you have no idea how many pitches I've gotten from companies about, like, PR companies being like, would you like to interview uh, John Scully about the recent announcements of Apple? And I'm like... No, we we review products. That's what we do. So I, you know, or or would you like to interview this expert of whatever? I'm like, it's not that I wouldn't love to, and it's not that I wouldn't like his insights. It's just what we do is review products. That's what we yeah, do. Yeah, I you just know? So it's, yeah, it's the whole idea of like I just know that I won't do it justice. The people who are really into those topics that are really in that world are not going to be happy with the way it goes if I do exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> and, so, and, and so the problem is, like, I got a lot of backlash on certain reviews about, like, why didn't you talk about uh, the iPad, like the iPad bending or something like that? I'm like, I haven't bent mine. Um, and I don't know enough people. And so I, you know, and that's not something you do with you your know tablet. You know, Zach. You know, and, and so, but the, but the thing about it is, it's not that I'm trying to defend the product. It's just, that's not what I do. My job is not to bend things. That's why we have Zach. We all have Zach. Zach, you're our hero, man. Yeah. During Rig Everything. I know that yeah. we, we talk about Zach because we're all first name, but. Yeah, but, but, you, but you get the point, you know, there are just certain yeah, things yeah. we don't do. We review products from a usability standpoint, not from what you can do with them. I'm sure that if I grabbed the screen of this laptop and did this, I could totally bend it, but that's not what it was designed for. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm sure, um, I'm sure that if I grab my car and I go crash it to the wall, it'll literally destroy itself. Crash, but it wasn't designed if you for that. If you crash your car into an iPad, it would explode, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Batteries and whatnot. There to- you go. See, Jules did the segue for me. Now, we were talking about the hardware side, but there's a bit of a software thing that is influencing hardware as well as uh, Apple. It became kind of clear that Apple is actually making... Okay, this is speculation. This is something that I was thinking, though, when all of this was happening. Apple clearly wants you to buy more of their newer devices because with the new operating systems of 2018, they are actually actively um, making the battery drain even faster on the 6S Plus and the iPhone SE. And a this is just a good ups- reminder, by the way, you only have three days left for that uh, battery replacement being $29 for the older ones, uh, iPhone 6S and onwards. I think it's iPhone yeah. nice. So it's, it's okay, granted, we used to be in a place where you could get a smartphone, it would last you for up to two, maybe three years, but now the companies are like, you know what, cash grabs all over the place, and I don't mean that in a super nefarious way, I just know that, you know, that's just the way business is. So Apple making an operating system that literally that that basically just sort of cuts your phone at the knees your 6s you might be such a 6s fan that you don't want to give it up 
you gotta because the battery drain is going to be there. Um, you're not going to be able to use it anymore uh, because the operating system literally cuts it at the knees. So, like, is it? How do you feel? How did you feel about this practice when it was first happening um, at the time? Uh, am I? Can I say that at least they solved it with iOS twelve? <laughs> okay, fair. Like, they're, they're, they, so, that... so, so here's the thing. I mean, think about it. <clears throat> iOS twelve pretty much made old iPhones work better. Uh, I hated the whole concept of planned obsolescence. Um, and uh, like, I this is the this is what I like about the internet. This became so viral. This became such a mess that Apple had to do something about it. Yep. And I love it. I love because for me that pissed me off. Like I gave my my son an iPhone seven, and the last time that I tried to play with it, it was terrible. Gra- go grab an iPhone seven right now. It works just as well as a ten S. Mm. But man, you it know? took years for them to admit it. It is but, crazy that it has had to take. And, and, but a but, lot but, of but you know what? Piss- no no no. But you know what pisses me off? You know what pisses me off? It pisses me off when you have OEMs like Samsung saying we don't throttle your phone. Uh, that's BS. Have you ever tried to use a Galaxy from last year? Try to use a Galaxy from the last couple of months. Like, th- that's BS. Like, this year... Apple's been they, saying the same thing up until they, like, felt compelled yes, to apologize some, for some the, reason the, we don't but know the thing about, about like, it is, last year. Yes, but the thing about it is Apple was the first company to get caught, but this has been a practice of every company, even if they don't want to admit it. Yeah. It's a wide-reaching issue, and I love that. I love how that turned out. This is what happens when we drink on the podcast, guys. <laughs> Cheers! Cheers! <laughs> Cheers, everybody! Cheers! I mean, I have instant coffee now because my can is. Let's be out. honest. I mean, Jules, how many of your old phones are performing well right now from last year? Uh, not, not even uh, the, my G6. Josh, uh, yeah. Is it okay? I, I shudder to say that it would be because of the software updates, because that, that's at the heart of the issue here. It's more about just the longevity of the device itself. Clearly, my key one is crap right now. <laughs> like, right. That is just supposed to be the case, because its specifications are not meant to be future-proof. But if I were to take out, let's say, let me think of a, let me think of a phone that I would have used. Okay, um, but, but let me ask you this. We, you, you've been part of every single Google I.O., every single mm-hmm. one. Every time Android has become more efficient, more efficient, if anything, you would assume that Android would work better on older specs because of how better it's gotten. And it's been the okay. other way around. Yeah. Okay, I can I can see that being the case. In, in that regard, what I would have loved Google to do is say, hey, if you have a much older phone, here is a, uh, a ROM of Android 1 you can flash. Exactly. That should have been what that was. But um, what was it? Um, Android was it supposed to be Oreo? That was or something, maybe. Yeah, Yeah. it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be Oreo or or uh, what was before it? Yeah, yeah, Treble. It was supposed to be Oreo or the one before it that was supposed to be good to go on older devices or or devices that had lower specs. That was the that was the terminology they used. That was Android Go. Okay. Like, that should have been the case. First of all, the naming convention be damned, but that should have been the case. Like, okay, if you have, like, a Galaxy Nexus for whatever reason, <laughs> here's here's a ROM of Android Go or Android One that will work beautifully on your phone, even if it's not necessarily the full Android Pie. That should have been what they did. But, of yeah. course, that's not what they did. Um, well, so I also, it. it's like, 
you know, Silicon lasts for however long it lasts. And especially because, you know, we talk about these news cycles every year where it's like, oh my God, we have so many transitions now and we have power efficiencies like two times better and performance is four times better, but power is like, and it's supposed to, we don't talk about longevity. Like it's all supposed to last. It's all supposed to last the same amount of time. It's supposed to be two years or whatever the heck. And for the amount of, power efficiency that they tout every single year like it's two times three times four times better like what's the point what is what are we talking about here (laughs) yeah it's no longer to the point where technology is meant to last it's actually being built to fail at some point and this kind of software update that that was supposed to throttle the general daily usage of, a, of an iPhone 6S or an iPhone SE is kind of perfect. It's perfect. For, it's, it's a perfect example of that. So uh, I, and, I'm just, I'm just happy internet. Like all of you guys in the comments, thank you so much. Like for pointing things out. Um, obviously we live in a bubble as reviewers cause we've got phones galore that we have to test. And so we can fall mm-hmm. back to anything, but for us, it's extremely important. Like uh, I, I love that. I get, I get a comment. Like, I don't remember your name, but I get a comment on every video that I do asking for the After the Buzz series to come back. It'll actually come back. The next phone that's coming in After the Buzz is the Galaxy S9 Plus, uh, which I've been actually working on, um, which is right here. I've actually been using. Um, because, yes, like the, these series are designed to tell people how phones age. And for me, that's, that's, it's, it's extremely important that people point out. Uh, it's the only reason why this whole battery replacement program began it's the only reason why companies are doing things like iOS 12, why I feel that Google has been working on it as well. Because, I mean, come on, man, you're not paying five bucks for that phone. You, you're paying a lot of money. And in, in the case right now, iPhones are worth the price of a computer, uh, of, a, of a high-end computer. So <laughs> it's, 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 it, it is not fair for consumers to pay that amount of money for a disposable product. I mean, by the way, on, Josh... Man. Uh, we can uh, skip the next story for August because it's basically, I meant to group all these into like one mega kind of topic that we can revolve around. But just to go through it quickly, it's like Sony described. Jules, what's the minimum wage right now in Boston in, uh, in a month? $11 per month. And it's, uh, I mean, per hour, excuse me. And going into yeah. uh, $12 in like the next couple of years. It's going to, it's a progressively going up. So it's like $1,200 a month, right? Um, forty hours. So, um, on, on a that. typical, you know, eight, on a typical eight hour or whatever, we're talking about what fifteen hundred dollars. I mean, come on, man. Eight hundred, eighteen, eighteen, eighteen. Okay, eighteen hundred dollars. I mean, you're charging almost half minimum wage for a phone. Like seriously, more than if you're getting a flagship. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, come on, man. Companies should take consumers seriously. That's what I feel. Yeah, hundred percent. Um. Okay. So yeah, as, as Jules was saying a second ago, we're going to be skipping this particular story. Um, now, <laughs> some of you in the chat were asking, "Hello, where's all the Sony talk?" Well, this this, this was going to be one of them. Let's just uh, say that's. I I, uh, I I promise you there will be an XZ3 review. I've also been using it. It's here. <laughs> well, it's, in this case, Sony was trying to explain why Android updates take so long because their user uh, interface sucks. That's <laughs> well, why. 
Well, from Sony's standpoint, perhaps, but what they were saying in this case, they even made an infographic saying that software rollout is about, you know, trying to create the features, trying to build the foundation of the actual operating system, implementing their own features in the operating system. And then there's an extra phase where it has to get certified and approved by all of the right people. And that in and of itself could take a long, long time. In the U.S., we have an even other layer that goes on top of it, and that's the carriers. They have to approve it as well. So, yes. Look at this. Does this make sense to you? It took me a, a day to figure out how to enable the swipe for the app tray. It took me a day. Uh-huh. And once I figured out how to enable the swipe, you don't continue swiping up. It's it's left it's to right. It's left to right. <laughs> like, 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 and you can't switch that off. I'm like, and then there was this like edge feature here, which would mm-hmm. always activate itself. I'm like, Sony, for what? Like, what's the point? Yeah, they're always it's 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 one half trying to add their own flavor to Android, but it's also the other half trying to get it approved. So that's one of the reasons why Android updates take so long. And I think that's a big frustration that a lot of people have. But I also come from the side of it of if the phone is working just fine, do you actually need the absolute latest version of Android to like work with it pretty well? Like it may not be truly the case. (laughs) And don't don't even get me started about this camera user interface. Like, you can only enable HDR in manual mode. I'm like, say what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what? And then they've got this portrait mode where you... It's not until after you take the photo that the phone tells you, oh, I wasn't able to create the bokeh mode. Sorry. (laughs) I'm like, what? Sony is... This is why I said last week. um, Sony is the reference design of Android. It is... It is the only manufacturer that turns every feature on on the new Snapdragon processor. And they contribute they so mean, much to AOSP too. Yes, and they mean they may be the only ones who do it, and they are like the starting point. So all the other manufacturers are like, "Did that work really well on the Sony? Maybe we can do that too." So like, <laughs> super slow mo worked pretty well on the Sony, and then Samsung brought it out. Um, HDR playback worked really well on the Sony. Um, not the 4K display, but the HDR <laughs> worked pretty well. And then other manufacturers started to adopt it, depending on what content you had. So Sony's kind of where the, the new Snapdragon of the year gets put, like everything gets turned on. And then all the other manufacturers just try to figure out if they can do it too. Um, okay, so we're on software talk even more. So what we have here is uh, yet another Android versions story where there was, <laughs> remember Nightwatch? <laughs> um, not Nightwatch, sorry. Not Nightwatch. What was the name of this one? Um, well, basically there was a security, there was a security um, uh, vulnerability that affected all versions of Android uh, except for Android Pi. And <laughs> if you needed any reason to be mad about Android versions not getting updated all the time, this might be one of them. But weren't there a couple of other scares in 2018? I'm trying to remember what the other what the yeah, names of the like other ones were. Ghost and a branch or something, and uh, it was weird. It affected all devices actually. Uh, yeah, and everyone had to race to patch them. But why I include this story in particular is because Google said that it would only issue a fix for Android Pie. And mm. okay, yeah, yeah, great job on taking care of like what. of other people that are on your platform. Good job. Yeah. So, of course, there are a lot of users out there who aren't even upgraded to Pi. (laughs) And it's, I don't know, it's, it's, uh, is this like, is this like Google's way of trying to force everybody to upgrade as much as possible? Or, is it just laziness they want to be iOS on their part? So bad. They want to have those 70%, 80% adoption rates. Man, they're thirsty. But- yeah. 
and that 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 doesn't even that doesn't even get us into the whole idea of fragmentation. But, it, but is it a consumer like that's, problem? That's a topic but we've been talking about for years. Problem. It's not a consumer problem. It's not that people don't want to update to the latest version of Android. It's that OEMs suck at it. Yeah. Well, okay. It, like why 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 haven't I done my after the buzz on the S nine plus? Because I'm still waiting for one UI. I'm like. I, I want to have something to talk about here. One UI is going to be it. When am I getting it on my phone? I don't know. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too. We would have articles that say Samsung is uh, pushing out the OTAs for these kinds of things. And then our specific devices don't get it at the time of that yeah. publishing. It takes even more time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's very frustrating. All right. So... um Moving into oh actually you know what this is uh this this next one is not the next story actually all right one uh, we we're we're getting a little long in the tooth on this episode but it is the year end celebration so clearly we're all pretty wild up after the uh, libation I think I see empty cups <laughs> no no Why no you're sipping no 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 I'm still okay. I'm still I'm still going Cheers. strong um now that we're all pretty not really riled up but we got a little bit of uh, that liquid courage in us <laughs> okay how did we really feel about tech over. Oh, <laughs> I'm putting out this one. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! So I was doing my expense report recently. You have any idea how much I spent in Uber? Just Ubering to different meetings. Oh, you, you have a, man. no. You have I any idea imagine. how much I spent in Uber in October? Just Ubering to different meetings every day in New York. <laughs> I spent one thousand dollars. One thousand oh dollars, and this is in ten dollars segments of Uber. Ten dollars segments of Uber. I have products I haven't been able to review: Galaxy Watch, Apple mm-hmm. Watch Series Four. I'm currently on the Sony. I have the Razer Phone Two. Yes, we have an ASUS ROG phone. No thanks to ASUS. I got it. Mm-hmm. I got it a different way because these guys. I've got the Nokia Seven Point One, which is a really good affordable phone. I have so many products I have not they don't even get me started about accessories. I just and and I feel so bad because <laughs> oh. like it's not that we don't want to review these things. It's just Techtober was not just about the devices, it was also about the travel to see these devices. And we had cases mm-hmm. like for example in the case of the Razer phone where they were like if you want a unit you have to make the trip and I couldn't make the trip. I just I didn't have the yeah. time. And 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 they were like, "Well, if you want to get a unit," and I'm like, "God." By the way, did you get my controller? Okay, I was about to say you don't have to feel pressured about the Raiju mobile controller. Uh, it's still buggy. Okay, <laughs> it's still buggy, but when it works, it works well, which is kind of par for the course for a Razer product. So you know, not really a review, uh, but you'll get it at some point. It's just that for now, they need to fix the kinks. Let's say. God, it's just I. I am honestly. I have slept more in the last week than I have in the last year. Mm. Like, I remember Techtober being one of those, like, okay, just from a personal standpoint, and clearly I'm here with Pocket Now, I'm the host of the podcast, but I also did do work in Techtober for myself yeah, as well. I was, I was working as work, a solo. Dude. I mean, come on. Uh, it, it gave me a good boost, and it was it was really crazy. But you know what? Like, I will say... um. Leading up to October, there was this whole talk from so many people, so many outlets, and so many YouTubers were talking about it. The YouTube burnout, yeah, 
you have no idea. Like, you have no idea what it's like until you go through it. That's exactly what I went through. All of November was me recovering from just how much craziness October was. Yeah. And um, I'll, I'll apologize across the board for not being better about, like, being honest with myself about how much work I could do and how much I could do. One of my things in 2019, actually, if I, if I can say my New Year's resolution for 2019, I'm actually going to be... I. My brother corrected me. I, I wanted to say that I'm going to be antisocial in 2019 and just sort of focus on the work and like take care of myself. And not that I'm going to work 24-7, but I'm going to focus on myself 24-7 to make sure that I'm healthy mentally and physically. So that's a good thing, right? But my brother was like, nah, you're going to be selectively social. So clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but that's the thing, man. I mean, I feel that apps have only gotten more aggressive about keeping us in. Games have gotten more aggressive about keeping us locked into their services. And it's just very difficult when you do our line of work and to remain focused on creating content when you've got so many other distractions. And, yeah. you know, all these companies want your attention. All these companies want you to see their product. Um, I've made a couple of resolutions for 2019, and I'm going to say them right now. The first one is we're no longer going to cover trade shows with fully elaborate video. We're not. It's impossible. Um it takes too long to create. I, I think that it takes us too long to create a, a compelling video. Um, and by the time we do, like the buzz is already gone unless we've been briefed and we've we've been working hard. Like 20, 2018 was a lot about briefings and a lot about having all the information ahead of time. But then the problem was, I mean, Jules can tell you, man, us working at 11 p.m., midnight oh man it was midnight just just grind. just just putting videos together and I, you know i'm sorry it just it doesn't it 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 we we can't you know how many parties i skipped out but then that's the other problem jules like everybody wants us to go party let's go party let's go get drunk and so I can't do that and if not I'm, then you are on the i am list. not jules's age i can't party every day i can't drink every day i had a time when i couldn't i was better than jules at it but i can't do it anymore and so mm -hmm. like i like 2018 was just a lot of excess a lot of excess yeah. it was i think that's the best way to describe 2018 it was a lot of excess every company want and i i you know it's not that i i it's i thank companies for it i love it i just i feel that companies would have had better exposure if they would have... Yeah, they need to chill. If they would have been like, you know what? You know what, Sammy? You take over January. And LG, you've got February. And then oh, OnePlus, yeah. you've got March, man. Like, come on. Let's let's create a, a product launch consortium where all these companies would <laughs> grab a month for them to launch their stuff. And because, I, you know, Josh, I, I remember when you told me about, you know, going solo and everything. And I was like, dude, I would love to be a single YouTuber, but I don't know how people do it. I, I just, mm -hmm. I don't. Mm -hmm. I do not. I think that Saf has got like the best formula where Saf is like, you know what, man? Reviews don't do really good for me. I'm just going to do unboxings. And doing unboxings is a lot easier. And so, yeah. um, like, for example, for us, comparisons do a lot better than anything. But making a good comparison takes so much time. So long, yeah. Oh, you have to have God. the right resources. Like, you have to just get all the people together. Exactly. And, and so I would love to do more comparisons. I mean, come on. Each of them gets a million views and they're great and everything. But there's so much work. It's like, oh, <laughs> like, oh my God. I think we God. need to talk to Brandon after, uh, after we get <laughs> 
you know what? I, I, more hires. But you know what? I do have to say that um, there were a couple of people in the chat saying, so you need more reviewers. And we're like, okay, yes. it's not. Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> we do. We do. Guys, if you guys want in, I'd love to have more people on board, man. Like, seriously, <laughs> it's it's no BS. It's, it's we do need more talent. We do need more people, We're, and we would love to have more people. So yes, I mean, and you know what, Chad? This is the thing. Like this is this is this is a reality that I think we all have had to wrestle with in 2018. I don't even know if we're going to get to the final stories and we'll, we'll we'll blast through them. But this is this is a really good way of sort of ending the full 2018 talk. It's like okay, this is something we've all had to wrestle with in 2018. Was the whole idea that the way that we were living for the past five to six years of being in this industry now. Remember that number, five to six years. That's a long time. What are you talking about? It's I've no been longer... here since 2007. What are you talking about? All right, so uh, in Jaime's case, it's like ancient times. It's 2007. <laughs> like the fact that we've all been here for as long as we have, for me, it was five to six. Even that is a long time. And now in 2018, we're learning that the way that we got to where we are now in that time it's not quite as sustainable as it no. used to be. No. And and by sustainable, we don't mean in terms of like holding up the company, having money or anything like no. that. What we're talking about is ourselves. And that's a very, very different layer to all of this. That, that's a layer yeah. that is a part of the entire, the entire, um, the, the entire spectrum. Yeah. So even I had to make that decision, well, which is the reason why I made the choice that I made. And now I have a home here at Pocket Now, obviously, which is great. And I'm always going to be grateful for that. But we also still need to remember that Taking care of ourselves means that we can make better stuff for you at the end of it. So taking care of ourselves is always should always come first, and that's kind of where my resolution comes in. It's it's like what I always say: capitalism is going to be on its BS again <laughs> because it doesn't care about whether it's January, March, or April. And you you get five phones this week. Good luck. Like, that's <laughs> Good luck. Goes. Go for it. Yeah. So, get going. Yeah. No, I, and it's not as easy to anybody out there who might be thinking like what kind of content this this is. Uh, Jaime was talking about comparisons. That's a whole different beast. But even a regular review or even just like a general video, it takes more. It, it could take a day, but that's when you're really forcing it. It doesn't take me a day. It takes me more than a day. And so I don't know if yeah. you've noticed, but like recently my videos have been more A-roll and uh, B-roll. Why? Because it takes me a lot less to make a video like that than if I make a full B-roll video. I love making yeah. full B-roll videos and I'm more proud of those it's just okay, guys. You want the damn content now or not? I don't want to. I don't want to do something half baked. <laughs> I just. I don't have the time. Like for example, there was a video that we did with Jules of uh, Snapdragon eight thirty five, the HP NBX two video. You know how many? T you yeah. know how many takes Jules and I had to do for that video? A hundred and twenty two <laughs> oh, takes. Oh my god! A hundred and twenty two clips. That's how long that video took. And I was just so disappointed at the amount of views that it got. And so it was disheartening. Like, you, you want to know how many videos we've done for the Spanish channel? Mm. We've done 143 videos for the Spanish channel. And we've barely been able to break 7,000 subscribers. And so, you know, it, it comes to a point where it's just, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I, we're going to continue because I believe, I believe in the Spanish market. I believe in my native tongue and I believe in our users but it's, sometimes it's kind of discouraging. Like, you know, sometimes yeah. you wish that something would perform better than it doesn't. Like, for example, like, I think that the review that I'm most proud of is my iPhone XS review, and it didn't perform well. 
you know, but I just, it took me, I, I remember how inspired I got and how psyched up I got. And I'm like, oh my God, I found the perfect song, the perfect intro and the perfect <laughs> everything. But then just putting all that together takes so much time. And then for it to yeah. not perform well, it, it's kind of discouraging. And so I'm not going to lie. You just went through through burnout. I went through, I told you, man, when we were in Shanghai, I, you know, when Juan was like, I want to do my own thing. And we're like, Juan, dude, you're our friend. Do it. Dude, I reached burnout. I, for me, that first, I, I even told Anton and I told everybody, like, after how much work I put in in 2016 and 2017, by early 2018, Jules can tell you, we did, we did CES and I didn't want to see the computer. I just, I, I just, I didn't want to see the computer, man. I've been doing a video a day since 2012. I, mm-hmm. you know, it came a point, and so it's funny when when you get all these commenters like, and they're like, yeah, but you should have tried harder. And I'm like, seriously, did you have any idea what it's like to make a video, like to make a really good video? <laughs> do, do you have any idea how much work it takes? And can you really be creative three times a week, four times a week? It's not easy. It's can not I interrupt easy. for a few things because our chat has been really going on. Here, go for so. it. Go for it. I'd love to hear. I, I can't see the I, chat. I think I know. I think I know one of the first things that you want to talk about. And if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to be able to say it. Like I don't want it. I don't want it to sound like none of us want it to sound like we're just like straight complaining. up I complaining. Yeah. complaining. I want to pour again. Like some of them were like talking about oh, <laughs> more you're wine. Old. But like it's it's just I the whole am. idea of like we just I am. we. And that's something that I was saying, like, we all are coming to terms with the fact that we're not able to work at a clip that we used to. I used to do a video every other day, and it wasn't just a regular video of me sitting here talking about a random thing and putting it all together. It was full comparisons. It was full reviews. It was all that stuff. And those are not easy to do, like we said. Um, But we don't want it to sound like we're just sort of, like, kvetching about all of this. Uh, We do understand that a lot of you out there are really appreciative of the work that we do, and we want to continue doing it. It's just us. This is us sort of musing about how we can find better ways of doing it that are not only good for that are not only good for you but are even better for us uh, because if we burn if we burn out you get nothing I, I, so like yeah i'll, I'll tell you the, this much i i think that the youtube burnout topic i mean has been the topic of 2018 and i love that it has because now i don't feel weird about it but for me yeah. probably the most important thing like the other day we were talking with brandon and, and uh we had recently hired somebody and and it it, it, it didn't turn out well uh, it, it didn't end up turning out well, but the point being is I was like, all right, I do understand that it's a lot of work, but we have to understand we've got the coolest job in the world. Oh yeah, of course. Like let's, let's, why do I keep doing this? Why I could like, shoot, I've got different companies that I could work for and different industries where I'm actually better at what I do there than what I do here. The only reason why I don't want to leave this is because Number one, we don't know how long it's going to last. I mean, we don't know how long that YouTube bubble is going to last. And it kind of burst this year when it came to Adpocalypse and everything. Uh, it's just the, the the contribution to burnout has a lot to do with not just... It's not just the amount of work. It's how much you get for the work. Two, yeah. Like three years ago, we were making three times the amount of revenue through ads now we've had to make a, fo- a shift in focus to sponsorships because we've got a team that we need to sustain. It's not that easy. We're not just a single YouTuber where it's one salary. It's a team of people that are able to keep this work going. Like to, t- to keep the Pocket Now Daily going, we need the website. And to keep the website going, there's a team and so many things. And so it's not that easy for us. And so we've had to make a shift. But then, you know, I, again, I, I, I'm glad that I'm not the only person that burned out. I, I'm, I'm very grateful for what we do, but we don't know 
if YouTube is going to continue being the medium going forward. Mm-hmm. We don't know. I mean, Instagram is grabbing a lot of traction. And so it's there's this level of uncertainty right now. What's yep. what's 2019 um, going to be like, you know? And, well, and I, one, I had a few and, more things. Do it, do it, Jules. Sorry. Go for it. Sorry about that. Uh, from uh, Breaking Elegance, who contributed yes. $5 in the Super Chat. Oh, uh, my God. Thank you very much Thank for you. That. Thank you. Thank you, Jaime. You're an inspiration for my channel from another Hispanic tech nerd. So there you go on that. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, I was just going to say, like, the, the the level of gratitude that we that we do see from a lot of uh, uh, commenters out there, despite us kvetching the way that we do, like, it, 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 that's not ever going to... We're not ever going to overlook that. So that's what I wanted. Thank you, Jules, for mentioning that. Like, someone did donate in the Super Chat, which might be a first for the... <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, we've had a few of those. We've we had a few. Okay. It. Yeah. But you know, it's just. But that, I mean, speaking of the weekly, like I am grateful for this platform because the thing is, is that ever since you know, I mean, we've gone through our ups and downs here. Uh, but with you know a new host with Josh coming on here, like we've experienced a, a renaissance. Like more people are going in, and more people are kind of adjusting to the attitude. It's just like we've been doing pretty well since then, and we've been able to experiment more with the format because you know we're both on audio as well as YouTube. So we might be doing a little thing, a little, little something uh, different this CES in terms of a podcast because um it's uh it's just something that we want to be able to explore and especially because you know i i know that we don't want to be so uh let everyone be privy to ad revenue models and whatnot even though that's been a lot about what we've been complaining about <laughs> like that has been relatively stable and we've been getting more people on board in terms of ads in terms of all that so like this is something that if we want to be able to be creative, um, we might have to think things a little differently. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's always been the case in media. I think I've always said that the media industry is has to be the quickest to adapt because we're, we're in the communications age or the communications industry. That is true, Jules. It's vital. It's yeah. vital. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, there's one, there's a, before we get into like the last couple of topics for this show, it's just going to be a two hour show. Screw it. But do it. Let's do it. I've, I've, I've got enough alcohol here, man. Go for it. Come here. Oh, there you go. Vin Papineau just uh, donated another dollar. So like, do thank it. you so much. Like we, we're, 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 we're that's good enough for our Bud Light, man. Got him, but he had so right we're like, there. we're, we're, we obviously don't have, um, we don't have any delusions of grandeur in the sense that we wouldn't be here if it weren't for all of you guys watching and tuning yeah. in and, and being there with us. So it's just us sort of talking about our own mental health, our own well-being. And that's, that's where a lot of this conversation comes from. I don't and clearly, think YouTube viewers are the greatest at being therapists, yeah. but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, like I there, there's even one person in the chat saying like the mental burnout and the whole work burnout and all that stuff. It, it, it transcends just YouTube clearly because there are a lot of people who are even in academia who are going through that as well. Yeah. Like you can burn out with anything that you have a passion for. And I think if you burn out with something, it's clear that you do have a passion for it. Yeah, exactly. Because you, you I, like, for, for example, for me, I made this like transition into boosting video quality significantly um, over the past. I think it would be over the past year and a half. I just, you know, I have a lot, I have even more respect now for, you know, the YouTubers that, you know, spend a lot of time creating their content because of how much work goes into it, man. I, God, man, it's, it's just funny when people complain about 
every little thing. And I, you know, what I do is I laugh at it and I just, I respond something stupid just to be funny about it because it's very easy. Uh, like the other day, it's, I'm going to make a, this, this like funny uh, thingy. So my, my ex-wife, <laughs> my ex-wife reached out the other day because she wanted to learn how to do green screen video. And so when I told her everything that she needed to do and to buy to be able to do a chroma key, she flipped. She was like, no. And I'm like, and I'm like, so you remember how many times we used to fight about the amount of time that I spent doing the daily? This is why it's not easy. It, you require a team of five people. You require a camera guy, a scripter, somebody that edits the host and the lights guy. And this was just me doing everything. And I hate that, and it's not that I hate, but I, I prove that you can do it with just one person, but people don't know how much work goes behind the scene just for the video to look like that. Mm, yeah. yeah. You know? <clears throat> also, uh, I apologize to Johnny Mullins in the chat sounding terrible, and uh, I can show you uh, my video feed for a second here and tell you why. So this mic, even with the, like, uh, my somehow Hangouts is being stupid, and this has been the theme for as long as we have held this podcast on Hangouts, ever since the transition in late 2014. God, Google needs to it's do something stupid. about Hangouts, seriously. It, like, yeah. like, my computer is able to take in my inputs. Uh, like, this would be sounding very crisp and fresh. But instead, I find myself having to put in another uh, input here. I have to join the call via my, my LG V40 ThinQ. Uh, on sprints, hello, uh, and <laughs> basically, and use that as my audio, and then I've had to like switch around and mute different sources, and it's like this is stupid. Why is this so hard to do? It shouldn't be this hard to do. And yeah. I wasn't expecting to come on board here. Like I wasn't expecting. Like I like I. Yeah, but then I, then, I, then I've got lovely. I've got lovely. I, I think my router is more drunk than I am right now, so that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Like okay. Um, if anyone's keeping score uh, in 2018, there was an announcement that Hangouts is going to go by the wayside. So we're not too sure what a streaming version of the podcast will look like once Hangout is no more. Hangouts is no more. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, I do have a few ideas on how to evolve the podcast a little bit. It may not necessarily be a full live episode every single Friday. Or rather, it might be, but it just might be a release of a video every Friday. But how we do a multi-person podcast for a video version is something that I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of mulling it about. 2019 is going to have a lot to it that I think is going to prove to be a good evolution, not only for myself, for Pocket Now, for the podcast, for, but for everything in general. So we're looking forward to what 2019 has to uh, has to uh, offer us. And I know that. Like some people have been saying in the chat, effort equals quality. And that's exactly what we want to do in 2019. There's a lot of effort that's going to be put into a lot of what we do. And yeah, I mean, this is just the beginning. I mean, um, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's go through just a few things real quick. We did talk about the uh, hole punch design, yeah. uh, eclipsing the notch. We already talked about that earlier. I don't want to get into yet another discussion where we get super heated, but let's just do like a quick one sentence reaction to the, <laughs> the red hydrogen one. Oh my god! Uh, I I, okay. I am so glad I didn't review that phone. <laughs> oh really? Pocket now, editor's choice, best of twenty eighteen. Oh oh my god! <laughs> um, all right, 
Not the razor, not the hydrogen one. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I only play with that phone for a couple of minutes. I I play with Michael's Michael Fisher's unit, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm not even going to reach out to their PR. Thank you. Let's just leave it there. And you should have read if you haven't read Adam Lane's uh, review. Of oh that, my god, please. yeah, no. So, but the problem, I feel so sad for Adam because he actually bought the phone. You know, it would like it wasn't a reviewer's perspective. It's somebody that bought the phone that put twelve hundred dollars down a year prior. I, I feel so sad for Adam about that. You know, well, he was uh, eventually able to get a refund on it. I mean, he sent us an email like a yeah, couple he did. weeks ago, and uh, and but like even that was like pulling teeth out of an yeah. elephant. Like that was just. Ugh. But, but so, I'm, like, but, the whole process it was just stupid. Uh, it was poorly handled from hardware to customer service. And it just it just wasn't a great experience for the two years, almost, that we've had to talk about this. All right. But uh, yeah. but you said editor's choice. Like, why don't we start with you, with you Jules? Like, if you had to say, like... Why me? Come on, man. <laughs> H, H before beauty. Uh, so uh. What, what, what would it be when it comes to... Like your preferred either product or products of 2018, if we've had if we had to say that. Honestly, mm-hmm. Nokia seven one. Uh, it's uh, like no, this is coming from a great family of products that have always been. Yep, right there, Jaime. I, I'm uh, sad that, that I have, have to return this. I'm like, really? You want it back? All right, fine. All right, cool. I will. Yeah, they do pretty decent on the camera. They have at least the you can control it the way you want with uh, uh, their software, so that's great. And then the fast update, like at least they're timely and uh, the actual interface is clean. I don't personally own one, but I did recommend uh, recommend seven uh, one to my brother, which he has gracefully accepted my recommendation. So and he's been enjoying it. So hooray for that! Do it. What about you, Josh? <laughs> Um, okay, so I, I said earlier that I love like the smart tracking and all that stuff. I have to say that, okay, my my personal review of this phone is not going to come out until probably after the new year, right before CES, because that's just how timing went, as we were talking about earlier. Um, but I have to say that I have to get, I have to tip my, I have to take my hat off. I don't even just tip my hat. I just take the whole hat off to OnePlus for being able to bring the 6T to the mass market. I'm just like it may not it may not exactly be the absolute best phone of the year that's a very debatable thing yeah. but i just love what it was what they've been able to do with it it's a great phone at a at a lower price than most that is available on a carrier that they've been fighting to get in the us for a long time it's literally i do i do my review format is like who is this phone for it's one of the only phones this year that i could actually say this phone's for everybody because everybody can actually get it Oh. It's a it's a fantastic thing to say about a device. You can't say that about Huawei. You can't really you can't really say that about the Pixel if you look at other markets on the other no. side of the world. But yeah, I think that it's I think that it's a it's a spectacular device because of what it brings to the table because it can bring it to everybody. When it comes to smartphones, for me, but but that's your only product. Do you have anything else that you'd like to shout out? Oh, um, from earlier in the year, um, <laughs> as the as one of the gamers, um, I will say that there's a there's a controller that I just use all the time. Not only on my Android phones, but on my PC and on this laptop as well for for gaming. The eight bit do uh, SF thirty Pro. Dude, it looks I, like a Super Nintendo. I need to get that. I've heard so many stories about that. Yeah, 
It's uh, it looks like a Super Nintendo controller, but it has analog sticks and extra buttons made for like current games. It's a fantastic product. I use it for pretty much any game that I play at this point, minus PS4. But even on the Switch, it works. Oh my god! All right, so for me, um, before you say anything, uh, um, Don Blanco, five dollars in the super chat. Uh, you're going to have to look at this because he rolls his R's in his uh, little message here. I can't um, see it. You have to screw up. You have to screw up oh, a little. A... <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this. What's gonna it says I made it a Veda. You're the best, dude. Pocket meow rocks. Pocket meow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, for me, it's um, shoot. I have so many. I think that 2018 has been the best year for a lot of things. Phones being one of them. Um, I can't choose a favorite phone. It's the main reason why we didn't do a series of favorite products because I would have to give the 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 shout out to every like for for example for me. Favorite phones is a tie between the Galaxy Note 9 and the Mate 20 Pro. Those are my favorite. As, totally which makes fair. perfect. Yeah, totally fair. It makes perfect. Those are like, this is like the no holds bar phone for things I care about, like photography. And then this is another phone that gets photography almost just as good. But it's the note, it's the, it's the note that should have always been since generation three. Finally, a refined Galaxy Note that fixes and just becomes that Vanguard phone that should have always been. Um, favorite, like, it's just funny, but if when you ask me about the OnePlus 6T, I'm not going to say that I don't like it. This is the McLaren. I just, I really like the OnePlus 6. It had the headphone jack. It had, like, it, it was slimmer. Uh, it was lighter. The battery life was great. And so for me, like, the OnePlus 6 was, I, I liked the 6 more than the 6T. That's just, uh, but that's a perfect first. That's a personal preference. I'm not saying that it's a. For me, I would actually give the crown more to the six than the six T. It's just when I held when I held the six and I noticed that it was heavier. I'm like, God, I'm the guy that will will always complain about phones getting thinner and lighter. And then this is the first example where I'm like, the six was fine. Like, uh, you should have just brought the same design and come up with something cooler. I don't know, or do the ten gigs of RAM or whatever. Uh, So fine for me, the six. But then my favorite budget phone would be the Nokia seven point one. I I think that that's like the best value. Um. I already told you that my favorite gadget was the iPad Pro. And then for people that ask me what was my favorite smartwatch, I hate to admit it. Apple Watch Series 4. This is this it took four generations for Apple to finally figure it out what the what this watch should have always been. Um and I feel that don't buy the aluminum chassis. This would be the first time that I would be like, buy the stainless steel. This is actually a watch you want to hold on to for a bit. And sadly, the aluminum doesn't age well. It oxidates over time. Um, you'll you'll notice it in every single after the buzz that I've done for the Apple Watch, where I don't recommend the aluminum variant. But that's that's been me. Like those have been my favorite products, honestly. All right, cool. Uh, you know what? On I feel like on that note, we can go ahead and uh, <laughs> call it on this almost two hour episode of the Pocket Now Weekly. Can we this call it already? My my hand is getting tired from holding two different like things at once, and it, it's making this very <laughs> very tiresome. Well, you know what, Jules? Thank you so much for jumping in. By the way, that was really awesome. It's great to hear from you, especially on our last twenty eighteen episode. Um, now, one thing that I did want to say, like I am Mister Gratitude and all that. Like I, I did just want to say. 
I, I mentioned it earlier on um, that in 2019, we're looking to evolve certain things. I have some ideas for the podcast, especially just in preparation for when Hangouts dies because Google wants to kind of put it aside. Uh, we'll see what happens in terms of the streaming capabilities on YouTube. I would love to still have a live episode every week. And if that's possible, we're still going to do that. I just want to see what options we have in store. Uh, but with that in mind, um, I just want to give a big thanks to just pocket now xda everybody in, in in particular um that you know after after a big transition that i made at the at the middle portion of this past year i found a home here at the pocket now weekly i just want to thank all of you guys for having me and i'm, I'm very very I'm, i feel very lucky and very privileged to even be hosting this show and to even be a part of this team so are, are thank you, you so much i'm gonna re, i'm gonna repeat the same words that i told you when we were discussing this i'm like are you kidding me you're telling me that i get to recommend joshua vergara <laughs> i'm like are you serious that's gonna be like the coolest thing ever and so it's funny when when josh was like all right i i'm totally willing to do it but if you give me the podcast and i'm like oh my god <laughs> it's like it's like angels chimed from the sky <laughs> i'm like well i all i all I, all I really hope <laughs> all i really hope is that that recommendation i'm i'm, I'm doing justice to it and Getting my feet wet right now in this new place that I call home, and it's only going to get better from here. 2019 is going to be a really hustle year, uh, because partially because, like I said earlier, my resolution is to be selectively social. So I'm going to dig my feet into the sand and actually get into the nitty gritty of everything. So again, thank you and look forward to more. And on that note, we're going to say oh, that is wait, oh, wait, oh, just oh, one oh, more yeah. thing from Eddie Vassallo, who uh, has uh, given us five pounds, not five dollars, five pounds. Yeah, what do you guys? thing is the best bezel-less phone of this year oppo find x me mix 3 next s from uh, vivo and then the honor magic 2 find x go for it find x such a beautiful phone you can complain about it all you want that it that it bends and whatever i i i i thank these companies i have to thank chinese companies like oppo and and vivo for just the level of exper experimentation that they went through i mean i think that it was a genius solution the phone feels so great in the hand um, that would be me. What about you, Josh? I wasn't able to use the slider phones, by the way. Yeah, I've I've only been able to use two of the four phones. That's right here. And even though I agree, the Find X is a beautiful device. I gotta give it to the throwback, the Mi Mix Three. That slide is just so much fun to use. And to be able to come up to somebody and be like, I don't know what's better to say, let's take a selfie, and then you hear the whirring, and then that motor happens, or you just go snap and take that picture. I don't know what's but, cooler. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of going to give it to the Mi Mix 3, though. <laughs> no, the Mi Mix 3 is cooler. Like, you can do that faster, and it's, like, kind Fair of a like razor or throwback kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of which, I did just get my Mi Mix 3, so I'm looking forward to doing the, the review on that. I'm actually going to use that throughout CES. That's my plan. So as long as I get through all the other phones before that, I'll be able to use that during CES. Which speaking of which... You won't. <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't. You're absolutely right. <laughs> but with that in mind, look forward to everything we have coming at CES, including the podcast. We have a couple of things going on. Actually, Jaime and I might be doing a bit of a road trip. We will. From, uh, we will. Yeah. We, so, so we're going to be able to spend a lot of time together. You, you know, for, so we, have, we should actually do the next podcast on the road and that canyon trip that we're doing. True, we could do that. Yeah. It is a little, it is a little bit of a long trip, so that would make a lot of sense. True that. Well, we um, have two. We have two. So it would be that podcast, and then the special project that we uh, have going on at CES too. I'll bring my GoPros. Oh. Let's do it. There we go. Yes. 
<laughs> I think it took two hours, but my I think my my video feed finally froze. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a new record. <clears throat> Well, right there. You can have a nice derpy face for the outro. On that note, that is it for now. The Weekly is just as much a conversation as it is a show, so make sure you make your voices heard either in the comment sections or by emailing us, podcast at pocketnow.com. On Twitter, Brandon, who we saw earlier, is at Brandon Miniman. <coughs> Brandon Miniman, that is. Jaime is at Jaime underscore Rivera and producer and our producer is at point jewels i of course can be found at jv tech tea you know me i love tech and i also love to drink tea not in this episode though we all had a nice <laughs> fun episode with uh, our alcohol today pocket now is at pocket now on twitter facebook instagram and youtube in english and espanol where you can find more news on the pocket now daily and pocket now adario every weekday we would love your feedback through google apple stitcher pocket cast or whatever you might be happening at what up and wherever you happen to be streaming us. I mean, we could because... all be happening, you know? <laughs> because without you, we wouldn't have been able to make this show for your eyes and ears for 338 shows straight. Until next week, enjoy the rest of 2018. Stay safe, everybody. And, well, we'll see you on the flip side and in the new year. Happy New Year's, everybody, and cheers. Thank you so much for everything Should this year. Should old acquaintance be See you next year. I forget the rest of the words. See you next year. <laughs> see, you, see you next year, everybody. Oh, there you go, Robert. <laughs>